Welcome to Masterpiece with Jenny HK. Here, we remember the truth of who we are, playing in the field of potentiality. You are the masterpiece. You are here to create a masterpiece of a life. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Masterpiece. And today I'm going to be sharing something that I've thought about doing actually since the beginning of this podcast, but every time I've gone to do it, I've been stopped in some way. And what I'm going to share, it's pretty personal actually, and I've been incredibly selective to date about who I've spoken to this about until today. (laughs) It seems that I have the go ahead and you know what that looks like for me, I get this yes in my body. It's either a clear yes or a clear no. Um, And today it's a yes. So here I am. Now, what I'm going to be sharing with you is a guided journey that I was taken on back in April with a friend and an old client of mine, Yuri, whose details I'll add to the show notes. And what I mean by journey is taking me on a visualization, like a guided journey. So back in January, when I was diagnosed with cancer, Yuri reached out to me and she wanted to gift me what she called at the time a shamanic healing session. And during that period, it was a, it was a clear no. My body was no. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you so much for offering. But it was a no. The reason being is that at that point, I knew that my healing work was my healing work. And I had it handled and I wasn't looking for someone else to, you know, assist me in it. I didn't need the external help. I was really clear that I that I had it and it was for me to work on. However, a few months passed and then at the end of April, just before my actual operation, um, so I'd had the radiotherapy for a month and then I had to wait for a period and then I had the operation. Yuri sprang into my head out of the blue and I got a nudge to reach out to her and take her up on her offer. Now that in itself was a really beautiful thing because I'd actually mentored Yuri for some time in the past and I was really curious to see where her work had taken her and be on the receiving end of her gifts. And actually when we got on the call we had a bit of a laugh about it because she was a little nervous that the tables had turned like student with teacher. (laughs) But I can assure you, she really had no need to worry at all. She was incredible. So she told me she was going to guide me through a visualization for me to access my Akashic records rather than, you know, what with that, what I've heard before people doing is you go to someone and they read them for you. And this piqued my interest because what she was saying is that she was going you I was going to read my own and to be honest I really wasn't sure what any of that meant it's not my area of expertise and if I'm being really honest I slightly groaned inwardly when she you know talked about it being a guided visualization etc because for me, when I do that, I'm just not visual. And I end up making shopping lists in my head. It's, it's just a thing. <laughs> it's always been a thing for me. However, this time was completely different. So here we were over Zoom and she was guiding me through, 
you know, in the visualization through a forest, you know, on this beautiful journey through nature towards a set of doors that I was then to open. And behind those doors, I would discover whatever I needed to discover at this time from my records, including where they were. Now, I could still feel myself fighting a little bit against this in my head and the shopping lists were popping up or something similar. I can't remember what it was that day. But there was something in me that was like, come on, Jen, this is really important. Just keep going. And so perhaps, and maybe a little literally, I found myself walking into this musty old room that felt like a library or was a library with rows of old dusty books in this beautiful, I I don't even know what to say, it felt like a warehouse, it had very, very high ceilings, but the feeling of it was of warmth um, and home, to be honest, it felt like home, and there was this sun streaming through the skylight, and Yuri asked me to find somewhere to sit, and I was taken to this battered old leather chair that I felt my body melt into, and then I just sat there for some time. She then asked me to find a portal that I wanted to explore. And again, I could feel my skeptical mind kicking in. Really? Really? A portal? Ah, And then I saw it. I saw the opening between two books. And before I knew it, I'd taken a decision to delve straight in. And what happened was that I kind of went through this black tunnel and what I popped out into was simply nothing nothing but blackness and as I orientated myself I found that I was in this sort of surface stance you know how you stand on a surfboard I was on that I wasn't standing on anything but I was in that stance and it was like that I was being moved by not waves but energy I could not see where I was going. It was pitch black. And so I simply had to move with the energy. And then the next thing I noticed, which (laughs) when you actually think about it with your logical, rational 3D mind, I noticed that I was wearing this cornflower blue old-fashioned dress. Now, how I could see that in the pitch black, I've no idea. But in these things, all practical human points fall away. (laughs) So there I was surfing in the blackness in a cornflower blue dress that that I recognized, but I just couldn't put my finger on it. And then the next thing I know, I pop out into this brightest of lights and I look around me and it's very familiar. And I am transported, (laughs) stay with me here, guys, but I am transported onto the yellow brick road from the Wizard of Oz. I am Dorothy standing at the end of the yellow brick road, the end of her journey. Now the cornflower blue dress that I recognize is the dress she wore in the film. I don't know if you've watched the film. I'm sure those of you of my generation will have watched it. You'll know what I'm talking about. Those of you that haven't, I really suggest watching it. (laughs) But I looked around me and there I was, standing on the end of the yellow brick road. And the journey here had reached its final destination. And I'm actually standing alone. And I realized that my companions, i.e. the scarecrow, the tin man and the lion, each of them 
had already gone home. And I want to say that with kind of inverted commas. They'd had their internal realizations for themselves, the thing that they were seeking. So the scarecrow was the brain, the tin man, the heart, the line, the courage. And the journey that they'd taken along the yellow brick road had, you know, that insight and and realization had dropped in for them that existed within them. But there I was, still standing on the yellow brick road, all on my own, thinking, I'm super happy for them, but what about me? Like, how do I get home? And so I'm asking that question. And then the next thing I know in this journey, I'm back in the leather chair with Yuri softly speaking to me to take it easy and rest for a while. So I did that. I'm still playing out the scenes in my head of, of the surfing and the yellow brick road. And then she asked me, would I like to find another portal to go on? And I was like, yes. Like I was starting to understand, and I'll explain in a minute, but I was starting to understand what the blackness and the yellow brick road was all about. But what I really wanted to know was what's next? What else? So I'm getting the hang of this thing now. The next thing I know, I see a gap in a bookshelf. And this time... The portal isn't just a black hole. There is this beautiful gold dust swirling around in it. And I was like, I am going in there. So I jumped in and I experienced myself moving down a tunnel at lightning speed with gold dust and golden threads all around me. And the best way I can describe it, it's like, you know, at those water parks and the enclosed tunnels that go around and around, it was kind of like that. But black with the goldness. And as I started to go down, I felt this tingling in my legs, which, you know, bearing in mind, I, the cancer I'd had was in my legs and I just had a, or my leg, sorry, and I just had this rather large operation. So that made sense to me. I didn't really know what it meant. But as I slowed down from the tunnel, I very gently came to the end of it. And I didn't pop out the other side like the first portal. Here I'm sitting on a ledge and I'm looking out to the most mesmerizing view. And all I can say, and (laughs) if you carry on with me here, like, because you might think I'm going a bit mad, but all I can say was that there was a right in front of me mermaid land I know right like what the actual what am I talking about here all around me were mermaids and the environment was the most stunning bright lush green valley with multiple pools and waterfalls and there was this sunlight shimmering off the water and the mermaids well they were just mermaiding And you might be asking, well, what the hell is mermaiding? Well, the only answer I have is is that they were simply being. They were playing, diving in the pools, lazing on the rocks, chatting, laughing. And it was the most alive scene and sensation that I was feeling. But none of the mermaids were actually entrenched in the doing. They were simply being. And I could see that their purpose was to be love, play, joy, bliss, and be fully expressed. 
it wasn't in what they were doing. It was the frequency that was coming off them of love and play and joy and bliss. And the closest thing I can compare it to is is Rivendell from Lord of the Rings. Again, if you've watched it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, again, <laughs> you might want to watch it. But it was different. As I sat on that ledge, I found myself looking around for the head mermaid, the queen, as it were. And in Lord of the Rings, that was Kate Blanchett, right? And uh, I can't remember, is it Gladriel? I can't remember her name in that. But I was looking around and I discovered that she didn't exist. And then it hit me. There was no hierarchy. There was no hierarchy because what I was being shown was a higher level of consciousness. And in fact, the highest level of consciousness, which is pure love frequency. So if you think about it, if every mermaid is operating from a place of pure love and the highest purpose of all, there will never be any need for any kind of leadership in the way that we know. And I can honestly say it was the most beautiful, harmonious, peaceful, fun, playful energy that I have ever been in. And the next thing I do is I look down and I see I have a mermaid tail. <laughs> and at that point, I'm like, holy, holy moly, I am a mermaid. It was, it was just the most, I don't even know if I can put it into words. So I'm not, I'm not going to try. But I was a mermaid in that moment. And the next thing I know, I'm back in the battered leather chair and I've got this clear knowing that the journey was complete. No more portals. I had seen what I needed to see. And as I came back into my body, I had this really peaceful feeling. But I also knew I hadn't quite made sense of all of it. And it was going to take a little bit of time to integrate. You know, it's, it's a little bit, I guess the journey I went on was a little bit like doing a plant medicine journey without the plant medicine. It's the best way I can describe it. Now, not long after this experience with Yuri, I had an operation on my leg to remove the tumor. And I had a sec several weeks of recovery before I could walk properly again. And one morning I woke up and I could feel myself about to do the biggest purge for my body that I've ever done. And I've done a few. And so what that looked like was I started shaking. I was dry retching. And there was this deep, wailing from the depth of my soul and it, I felt all the fear and the trauma and the frustration all that stuff that was stuck in my body literally moving through me to leave me and I was really clear that it wasn't just mine this was way bigger I mean it's something that I do fairly regularly to to work on this stuff but what felt what I felt like I was purging was a lot of ancestral stuck energy, shame, guilt, all those low, low, low um, frequencies. And to be honest, it really didn't matter what it was. It, I just knew that it was leaving my body. After that experience, it took a couple of days of me being really gentle on myself. And then the vision came back to me and it dropped in with this pristine clarity that I hadn't had before 
What I'd been shown on this journey with Yuri was a clear understanding of what the fourth and the fifth dimension was. And the blackness that I experienced in that first portal is what I'm going to describe as the void. Now, the void is a space that I have been in for the past 18 months, I'd say. I was given a very clear directive to take a pause back at the beginning of 2022. And what it's felt like that is like the world's stop. Like, you know, I've carried on living, but it's felt like I've had to navigate the world uh, in a completely different way with blindfolds on. It's the best way I can describe it. I've had zero clarity in the way that we look for clarity or validation from the outside world. Like it wasn't, it was not coming at all. So it's a normal way of operating right? As a human, we look for clarity, we look for the validation, we look for the strategies, we look for all the things of, oh, this is what I'm doing next, this is my plan, nothing. Um, it was ugh, That's a whole different podcast. It, it was a very uh, challenging place to be, should we say. And I had to relearn my whole system for navigating this world with a whole lot of patience, getting so in tune with my internal guidance system that I learned to only move where the energy flowed. And it's meant sitting a lot. Whenever I had the should urge to go do something, I literally couldn't do it. Something would always stop me until I learned to listen to myself. And there have been times when it really did not make sense for me at all from a financial perspective. And yet still, I knew nothing was going to work if I did anything from a place of need. And now I know, and that's what the blackness was. It was the void. The blackness where the only thing you can do is surrender and let go of all societal shoulds. And if if I'm honest, there's been an ego death in many, many ways. Again, another podcast. And all you're left with when you finally stop fighting this need to know and the need to have a plan, the only thing you're left with is energy and the flow of energy. And this, of course, is what I was being shown, dressed in Dorothy's dress, surfing in the blackness, in the void. And it's where I've been simply learning to ride energy. So that was the clarity that I was given around the void. The next piece was where I was Dorothy at the end of the road, the end of the Yellow Brook Road. And what became clear for me was that this yellow brick road is the road of transformation, just as it is in the film, right? But it is a road that so many of us have been on for years and years. If you're listening to this podcast, I imagine that for you too, you've been on this road. And if you're still listening to this podcast at this point (laughs) in this episode, you'll get it. And you've decided I'm not completely bonkers. I have been Dorothy. Years ago, about 15, probably more than that now, 15 years ago, I'll say, I had my own initial awakening, walking the path between the third and the fourth dimension when I came to realize all those years ago that I was fully responsible for creating my life. That's very different from the 3D, which is when life is happening to you pretty much and you're going with it. So the yellow brick road was the fourth 
dimension and it's all about the trials and tribulations, the growth and expansion, the healings and the modalities and the delving into the stories of our lives and trying to make sense of it all. It's all that work, the transformation work. And of course, I have been a guide for others on this path for the last 14 years. As I've walked my path, I have brought others with me to bring them back to themselves. Exactly what Dorothy was doing in the film with the Scarecrow, the Tin Man and the Lion. And at some point, though, the road comes to an end. The work is done. But what you're left with and what I, Dorothy was left with in the film was that the simplicity of the realization that all she had to do was click her heels and she would go back home. And in this case, back into the unity consciousness that is home, where we have come from. The realization of who we are, our true selves, the drop in the ocean. Mermaid Land was, of course, the fifth dimension where unity consciousness exists, where you being in your most aligned truth is enough and is your purpose, where the judgment of self and others don't exist, where love for yourself and others is given, and you become the creator of your life from a place of pure alignment simply because that is who you are. That's the clarity piece that dropped in for me, the piece that I have been cultivating for the last 18 months when I learned only to move where energy flowed. What I realize now is that I am a guide for, move, for those moving from the fourth to the fifth. Linking arms and co-creating this heaven on earth as it already exists in our perceptual reality. The world is waking up right now. There's a massive upgrade in the frequency of the planet. And I know that I have always been a guide. That's what I've done. My entire life, I've had to walk the walk, embody fully what I've learned and then guide others along the path. You know, some people in this world are messengers and direct channels and, you know, they come through with messages for humanity and some people are transformers and they go through the most extraordinary stuff that needs transforming for them and the world. Me? I'm a guide. And so it's time. The last couple of months I've been playing in and out of the fifth dimension during my everyday life and my entire experience of day-to-day life is shifting more and more each day despite some pretty challenging circumstances that I've been up against this year. Now, of course, not all the time, as we're always going to drop between the fourth and the third, and that's the human part of us that loves to take over. But as with anything, it's a muscle. And so one of the things that I'm doing every single day is plugging into the frequency of the fifth through resources that help me maintain that. But the single most powerful thing is being in conversation with others that are also in this, on this path. Now, you may well have heard the term heaven on earth or new earth that's been banded around at the moment. And this is it. It's that simple. It is simply a whole different perceptual reality. You create it yourself through tr- stepping into a higher consciousness It's not something that you're sitting around waiting for, for all the new literal operating systems to be built, like the financial systems or until you're able to go and head into the hills and grow your own food or whatever it is. No, it's now. You create it now with your consciousness. And this is the biggest contribution to humanity right now. 
Humanity is at a point that can tip one way or the other. This is what we've all been working towards. This is why we've chosen to here to be on this planet at this time. And so I am very clear now that this is my role. To create spaces for people to increase their consciousness and simply guide through my lived experience and share. It's what I do best. <laughs> it's what I love to do. And everything that I am going through at the moment in my human life is part of this. Can I be okay? Can I live in the bliss, the joy, the okayness, the depth of who I truly am? Even when I was given a serious health condition, even when, for example, my child was going through something really tough, even when one of our businesses has essentially collapsed, causing a lot of financial strain. Can I be in this place? Can I be a mermaid in all of this? And what I'm starting to realize is yes, I can, you can, but more importantly, we can together. And so what I'm now going to be doing with my work is creating spaces where we link arms, as I said, and create this new earth together through our perceptual reality. What I'm being called to do is to create a space, particularly for women, and I've never done that before. It's Well, I have done that before, but a lot of my clients are men as also. But the first one that I'm creating is a four-month mastermind called The Fifth for Women, for mermaids, where we simply commit to playing in the fifth every single day. It is so clear to me that you, I, we are not supposed to do this alone. This is a we thing. This is a unity thing, creating together. It's a frequency we hold and hold together. So if you feel yourself being called towards this work, then ah, I'm going to catch myself there. I said work. If you feel yourself being called towards this play, then drop me a message at jenny at jennyhk.com and I'll send you some further information. You'll hear the call if this is for you. And with that, I thank you for completing this journey with me on this particular podcast. And I send you so much love. Thank you so much for listening. I'm honored you're here and delighted to hear any feedback and insights that have landed for you. So please do connect with me on Facebook or Instagram at JennyHK. And if there's anyone you'd love to share this with, please do. 